0: Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to discuss the defense, which is the more fun part of that Bengals game, an awful game. And uh, here joining us is one of our favorite guests, Sarah Ellison. Sarah, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's been a minute, Ken. Glad to be back talking football with you. And I too, I'm glad I'm talking defense rather than the Anthony Brown-led offense. So good luck on that tomorrow.
4: Yeah, that was a uh, that was a that was a tough watch, I'll tell you that at least. But the defense played very well, I thought. And, and we've got some nice things to talk about. Uh, Want to thank our sponsor, Liquid Death, the water that will brutally murder your thirst. Uh, please give their product a try. They've been very good to us. They have uh, aluminum cans, which are recyclable. They have a nice uh, lime seltzer flavor that uh, I'd recommend to you. So we're back to football after seven difficult days in the NFL. Uh, glad to be able to talk uh, about football from just a football perspective after um, you know the NFL's and, and a lot of America's focus on DeMar Hamlin this last week.
1: Yeah, that was... That was a crazy week because you just didn't know what was going to happen. And, um, you know, for the most part, you know, I feel like um, I really like the way the the football world rallied around Lamar Hamlin, uh, prayers for him, uh, all those T-shirts that we see, uh, the the money raised for his charity, um, players, everybody. It was one of those more, you know, beautiful sides of football that out of tragedy Goodness can come. And then it was especially good when DeMar finally, you know, started showing improvement and uh, that's exactly what you want to see. And he was tweeting all day Sunday while the games were going on. And so that was nice to see. I was a little bit annoyed, Ken. I don't know if you were. I was a little bit annoyed with how whiny I felt like the Bengals were Mm -hmm. about, you know, the NFL's decisions. I felt like there was no good way to handle the canceled game. I feel like it was the right decision to cancel the game, but, Four teams were mostly affected by it. Ravens and Bengals were both of them. John Harbaugh comes out and he's like, "Hey, I just the first thing is about Demar Hamlin. So whatever the NFL chooses, they choose, and we're gonna go play." And then all week long, the Bengals are whining about it, and then finish it with the coin flip. And it's just like, "Listen, you're playing the third string quarterback. A host of a host of backups. Can we stop whining? The coin flip isn't gonna happen. It's it's it was the it was the least worst." Situate like least worst way the nfl could go with handling that cancellation game the mm-hmm. ravens could have been screwed you guys could have been screwed it didn't work out that way so let's just move on and stop whining about it
4: right they all three teams in the afc north were in the playoff on entering week 18 all have representation on the competition committee too um and a- apparently she was a dissenting voice the uh the, the bengals evp or whoever uh, katie somebody i'm don't know the last name. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I want to move on. I want to talk football. We're done with the whining. It's obviously doesn't matter anymore. Um, glad to be able to talk about what the defense did. Well, uh, I think they really outplayed the Bengals offense in this game, which is a nice thing to say when you think about it. I mean, the, uh, the, the Ravens offense set the Bengals up with some terrific field position, some short fields, but the Bengals, the Bengals offense did not move the ball effectively against the Ravens. And certainly not after that first drive.
1: No, they didn't. I mean, obviously the, the offense, the Ravens offense um, gave them some nice late Christmas gifts with those three turnovers. There was a fourth one in the, uh, in the final quarter with Sammy Watkins fumbling, but the Ravens were able to just turn that into a punt because it was another three and out. So uh, it was very encouraging, honestly. I mean, obviously the Bengals did miss some plays. I think Burrow missed a couple of throws. Um, So, you know, that could have changed things, but um, yeah, the, the, Bengals got 21 points off of turnovers. when that second half hit that second half, the defense went off. And I know we'll talk about, you know, it all in general, but in that second half, after those 21 gifted points, second half, the, the defense allowed just three points, one field goal, the entire second half to this, what I think is a deadly offense. They got the football from the forced fumble. Five punts in the second half. All of them were three and outs. And then one turnover on downs. That was an excellent second half. And obviously, uh, you know, even the Bengals head coach said that they held some stuff back just like the Ravens did. Uh, but, but even still, with the, with an effort like that, if Lamar Jackson were to return, even a rusty Lamar Jackson, if he doesn't turn the ball over the way Anthony Brown did, uh, that that could be a winning formula. It would still be tough, but it could be a winning formula.
4: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's uh, one of the things that the either team would like to do from this game is talk about you know how the other team did not get it done. But the truth of the matter is, um, you know, the, the the Bengals left some plays on the field. Yep. They they missed a touchdown pass. They over the, the uh, Burrow overthrew Higgins on the left sideline when Worley fell down. That should have been an easy six, and it was on the next play. Chase caught a ball in, that, in exactly the same spot, basically in the end zone for a fairly easy touchdown, and then the other one, uh, Worley had pretty good coverage, but he never found the football in the air, which makes it not good coverage. Slipped completely by him, and Chase just ball went right through his hands in the in the right side of the end zone. So that that was a you know a, a play they certainly lost. At Higgins, you know, let a ball drop down the right sideline. So there there were assorted miscues by the Bengals that that offset some of the turnover proneness of. Anthony Brown in this game, but it was a, um, I I think it's too easy to say, well, if that's all the Bengals are, I mean, that's not all the Bengals are. The Bengals are a lot better than that. And and I think the, the point you make about holding things back also goes for both teams. And unfortunately, I'm more concerned that the Bengals have more to hold back.
1: Oh, they definitely do. Of course they do. I mean, they ran how many times they run like a wide receiver screen or a tight end screen. And every time like Kyle, Kyle Hamilton and company were there. And I'm just like, keep bringing these screens because the Ravens have it figured out, but you know that they're not going to do that, uh, uh, next week in terms of the chase one in the end zone. I agree with you. I mean, Worley was there. He didn't find the ball. He was there making it more difficult to catch. And I don't have a different angle all I have seen so far is the TV he could have been out of bounds so I don't I don't know so I do give some credit to Wordley on that one but it still is to your point the Bengals offense misplays mm-hmm. and and Joe Burrow was asked about it in his press conference afterwards and he was like yeah I'm upset about that and he was like it's not going to happen again so you know that he's going to want to have something to prove next week
4: in terms of, of taking this game seriously, obviously the Bengals were at a different level from the Ravens. They they played everybody, they left Joe Burrow out there to throw. Well, drop back forty four times in this game, which is a, a, a unbelievable number of times to throw in a game that you want to mean nothing and you have in hand fairly early, um, and they allowed him to take six quarterback hits. That's something I would think Bengals fans ought to be chiming in about right now as not very good planning for the playoffs.
1: Well, uh, there also is going to be an issue with Alex. I don't know how to say his last name. Kappa. Kappa? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alex Kappa. Um, It sounded like he was seen um, in not very good condition after the game. I mean, he was in high spirits, but um, didn't, the, the, the scene, I'm just trying to remember what it was, what he was on. He was on a, was he on a scooter? Is that what I read? I need to go back and clarify, but he did not sound like a guy who will be back. And so that is something that you want to exploit. You can't let this trio of wide receivers plus Hearst have plenty of time. And mm-hmm. so the Ravens <clears throat> need to finish when they get pressure. I'm sure we'll talk about that more, but I would like to see them finish and with Alex, uh looking like he'll be out hopefully they'll get more opportunities
4: yeah he's arguably their best lineman and yeah. and so that's that's uh it's it's a it's a you know lucky break for the ravens it's you know you never want to see the other team get injured but it's a lucky break for the ravens and they do need to need to certainly exploit that advantage cuz the ravens pose with matabike and with campbell a number of three techs will line up over that guard the right guard's shoulder and potentially cause all kinds of havoc there so they need to have a big game uh coming up that's definitely uh a significant opportunity. Uh, The Ravens injury news though, with Lamar and Peters uh, needs to get better this week. Do do you have any information on what's going on with Lamar? Any, any positive news to share with us?
1: No, I mean, it's, I, I, from, from what I can gather, I really don't think the Ravens know. Mm -hmm. I really don't because, you know, and people will think that they were lying and for sure, John Harbaugh tries to be vague and throw off opponents and all that kind of stuff for sure, and he for sure was doing that at the start. But I also think that the Ravens expected him back uh, a couple weeks ago. And um, they were wrong, right? And that that's thats why John Harbaugh doesn't like to talk about injuries because I'm pretty sure it was a – wasn't it a PCL with um, – not Rashad Bateman, but Rashad Perriman. Perriman, Rashad, yeah. paraman yeah, Perriman. I think that was a PCL. I mean, people just expect – Players' bodies to respond like robots or like machines, and they just don't. And so I think the Ravens always continue to be hopeful that he'll be back because they keep thinking, yeah, by now it should be fine. And so, um, you know, there were several reports last night, both from Mike Florio, uh, this is Sunday night, and then also Jeff Zrebeck. Like they just said, we really don't know. We did see that video that Isaiah likely posted on Instagram where he was giving, you know, birthday punches. To Lamar while getting treatment on his knee. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's clear to me that, you know, Lamar's working back. The Ravens want him back. I think that the Ravens are obviously saving up for this game, want to bring everything out and and do what they can to win it. And they've rested these guys. And it's all in a hope that Lamar could be ready. But I honestly think that just they don't know yet. And so Wednesday at 1 p.m. when we start getting those practice reports, it will be very telling.
5: You may see your coworkers cracking open a can in your 9 a.m. stand up meeting, but it's most likely not beer. It's a New Mountain spring water called liquid death. You've heard me talk about this many times. Why is it called liquid death? Well, because it'll brutally murder your thirst. Plus, it's infinitely recyclable. Tallboy cans are helping to be a, bring a death to plastic bottles. Did you know plastic's not even really recyclable anymore? It ends up just going to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Meanwhile, aluminum is recyclable and profitable for recycling facilities. You guys know how much I love Liquid Death. It's in everything I do. I take it to work. I take it to the ball club. I take it when I'm out with the kids. I got them right here on my my desk because I'm recording a podcast. I'm always with it. What's cool now is I'm seeing you guys on Twitter talk about how you're grabbing your cans and going to work. So send me those stories about what you're doing and how you're cracking open a tall boy in odd situations because, hey, it's water. And not only is it water, it's the best water that you can go out there and buy. It's cold. You can drink it with whatever you're doing. So going out there, get Liquid Death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool by going to liquiddeath.com slash filmstudy. That's liquiddeath.com slash filmstudy.
4: Yeah, I I agree. I think if, if we don't see him, at least on a limited basis for Wednesday, I think we can pretty much rule him out. Uh, it, uh, it is a scary thing. And, you know, the, the thing that I'll I'll only say one thing about what's bothered me and I've talked about this a lot on the show. So, so with other guests, obviously, but the, the biggest problem to me about the injury talk is I'd rather have the no comment is our only comment. It's the Bill Belichick method about injuries. Mm. Just shut the hell up. Just <laughs> shut up. And 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 literally, we're we're looking forward to the Bengals. We're looking forward to the Bengals. That's all that we should be hearing this week. Um, it's it, the the gamesmanship that has been played in the past in order to give the most aggressive injury timeline, which may be in some cases a spur to the player that hey, you better get him and get your treatment because I'm telling people you're going to be back in two weeks, kind of thing. Um, you, you better keep up with all of the rehabbing they tell you to do, because if you're late on this, it's partially on you here. This is, this is the standard. I'm just I'm just telling you what the standard time is for injuries. So this, there's some of that going on. And, and, and obviously, whenever I hear that from Harbaugh, I say this is the platform for lowest platform for negotiations on how long injury time is going to take. The problem is with Lamar specifically, that Lamar has been the north star of the Baltimore Ravens in terms of offseason preparedness. He spends so much of his life on football making sure he's ready to go that you really don't want to cast aspersions on or have them cast by people who don't know that Lamar is somehow dogging it on this rehab or unwilling to play under some condition of the rehab. So one one of the things that's been brought up is is he willing to prep play in a brace or does he not want to and not risk the contract and blah, 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 blah. This this should not even be discussed. It should not be discussed. And it's the kind of thing that Harbaugh could make it not be discussed if he just said, we're just going to wait and see. It's up to Lamar. We're just going to wait and see. It's up to Lamar. uh,
1: Just to be clear, outside of when when Lamar was initially injured Mm -hmm. and then Harbaugh came and said, oh, it's not a season ender. It's a week-to-week thing, which is extremely vague. That's his way of being extremely vague the Ravens and John Harbaugh never did what you just described. They never came out with, in this situation of, of, of Lamar Jackson saying he'll be back between one and three weeks. John mm-hmm. Harbaugh never did that. He I was agree. doing what you're saying he should do. And maybe he could take it to another level, but he was saying he's week to week. Okay. And so those reports that came out, I mean, did they come from the Ravens organization? Maybe, but I, I, I don't know if it was John or whatever, and maybe he, I know there was the one where he was talking with Rich Eisen because Rich Eisen was um, the the play by play for the Cleveland game, I believe, and so that's your typical all your key figures go and and do one on ones with the with the broadcast, and so. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like it's on record. So I don't think John Harbaugh did what you just said, what, what coaches do, and that's to put pressure on them to come back within a timeline. Okay.
4: And, and I'm not saying he ever said that in any, okay. in, in any kind of words. But what I am saying is that he has continually said, I hope we're going to see him next week. I hope we're going to see him on Wednesday. I hope he's going to be ready to go. There's been, a, I, I don't know how many times he's issued statements like that during this time. But, yeah, but
1: Ken, he says that that's his, that's his,
4: that's his no comment.
1: That's I his think. no comment. He says, we're hopeful. That's what he always says. We're hopeful. Well, you know, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, and he says that with almost all players, unless he knows for sure what's going to happen. Like when he knew Clayus was mm-hmm. going to come back the next day, uh, because he had already been cleared and he would have practiced that day, but he always takes Wednesdays off or has that, that, that day off. And so, but that's his standard. We're hopeful. And so to like now I mean could Harbaugh what you what what you're asking for is what he basically did last Friday. Um yes. which was before he was like we're hopeful we're hopeful we're hopeful he's doing his standard thing of no comment of we're hopeful. And then <clears throat> the the whole idea that Lamar is a slacker or ch- yeah. that all stemmed from as far as I can tell Mike Preston in a Q&A <clears throat> in a Q and a where he was, everybody knows this, everybody know. And yeah. then, and then obviously somebody from the Ravens went to Mike and was like, he's had hundred percent attendance. And Mike came back and was like, well, it was speculated because he missed some last year. Huh. And maybe he did miss some last year because who knows? Remember, mm-hmm. remember Lamar was trying to come back and we, we all saw the video of him trying to go back to practice and he was not ready. He was limping out on the field. There was no way he was ready to play. So he could have, Mispractice after that, but point is, is within the Mike Preston an article where he finally had the source. and it was like, "Well, it was speculated that he was missing because he did last year." You can't do that, Mike. You right. Can't no, do I that. agree.
4: I, look, it's it's crappy reporting. It's the nature of Twitter. It's all of our and radio. radio took it great, to the next level. radio. Yeah. The, the crap in the afternoon is is bad, obviously. But but <laughs> all, all of the all of the stuff we have um, that accelerates the news cycle and the process. Is, is basically giving us weapons of war against each other that, that we don't want to have in play. And so it, it, there's an extra need for Harbaugh to say, look, I've seen this, sounds like complete crap. I've seen this, sounds like complete crap. But my, my, my simple thing is Lamar's been in 100% attendance, Lamar's been good, and we're leaving it up to Lamar. And don't, I mean, it, I, I, he, he an extra onus is born on Harbaugh born by Harbaugh to, to uh, deescalate rumors that are out there in the news. Now, some of them, if they're ridiculous, you know, you don't have to talk about why it's not true that aliens came to the Ravens practice facility. Okay. Right. You don't have to expect, you don't have to address that when it's something that sounds like it might be reasonable at a time of great stress with the new contract about to come. It's on Harbaugh to set the record straight. It is on him. And he's the one who talks to the media more than anybody in the Ravens organization. Sarah, I gotta, I gotta say he has, he's got to bear that responsibility.
1: No one, 100%, but you have to balance that with needing your opponents to think that Lamar is going to be back. Because but, that but, is. But he, can,
4: that, he can, he can, he can tr- turn that around to no con- comment.
1: Okay. And well, I don't what, want to the point, whole Here's I the about. thing. When, when that, when the, when the media started, Twitter and the radio mm-hmm. took what Mike Preston said, at least this is how it looked like to me and they started making it bigger. Within days, Mike Preston had a league source, which is clearly from the team, to refute it. So the Ravens got out ahead of it, and they refuted it. And Mike had to eat some humble pie, and, and so did some of the radio guys who, who spread it as if it was a report rather than, you know, an opinion. And so the Ravens within days did that. And then the next week following that, that's when Harbaugh did his Look, we just don't know. We just don't know, and there's still plenty of people who are like, "Yes, you do. Yes, you do," you know. And so they're they're not gonna they're not gonna believe it. But um, so so there's a balance of I need my opponent to still believe that Lamar could be back next week if he had given the speech that he gave on Friday, um, two weeks ago. You know, the week before. <laughs> then 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 you know, coaches the, the the opposing coaches don't need to to prepare for it. So I mean, could could Harbaugh have that day, I disagree with that. I don't think a coach should reply to every to all these things in the news. Oh, I've seen this. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen this. So then once they saw it rise to a certain level, they came out with a with a source, and then it rose a little bit more. And then Harbaugh made his statement that he did. So could he have done it sooner? Sure. But but uh, you know, I think it's fine. I think it's fine the way he handled it. And and okay, so uh, you're saying
4: the PR went to Preston, they told him uh you need to correct this. This is wrong. And he basically printed a retraction of his own without having to have a correction or retraction that is identified by the sun. And so there's a little bit of face saving there, maybe for Mike, but it's it wasn't a, it wasn't a good source. They, it is another way to handle it. I just think Harbaugh is clearly the face of the Ravens. I would like it handled differently. Let's move on though. Let's talk some defense here because we're we're really here to do that. Um, great to see a jabo on the field, even if it was for just a short time in in this one. Uh, what did you see
1: with David Ajabo? Yeah. I think that David Ajabo, uh, earned playoff snaps. Um, I think that, you know, the refs had missed the face mask, so it may have negated mm-hmm. his, his sack strip, but, um, yeah, the way he came around the edge, the way he came through and, you know, punched his, his arm down, um, I didn't feel like the, the Bengals ran a whole lot and I don't know how much Ojaba was on there when they ran. So I still would need, maybe you saw, I still need more information on, on three, three his, and
4: 18 of his 21 snaps, three runs, 18 passes.
1: Okay. So there's not a lot of information there on yep. how he sets the edge and plays against the run. Didn't get to see a lot there, but, um, but I mean, just based off that one play, it already feels like, I mean, why why isn't he getting snaps? I mean, there's there's just so many guys that haven't finished. Odafe Owe time and time again is just so close, but yet so far away. So um, yeah, I thought I thought Ojabo earned playoff snaps.
4: I um I, you know, the Ravens have, have had a lot of trouble with any kind of solo uh, sacks. They're they're not g- having guys get to the quarterback line. So it's usually guy who pressures, guy who clean, cleans up. Ojabo cleaned up and this time he's actually blocked pack past the pocket 12 to six. It was the front side pressure from on that play. I think it was Pierre Paul, right? It was on, on the sack for the, for, let's make sure of this here. Second, the second half, the sack fumble. Yeah, it was initial pressure from Pierre Paul. He was blocked 12, down to 6 p.m. So, you know, watch your six. And then, and then he, uh, he came back and he, it was great to see him knock the ball loose, but that is a cleanup sack. And I, I like that. I like he did make one good run play in his three. He held up the right tackle. It forced a little bubbling of Mixon. I think it was Mixon. Might have been P. Ryan, uh, which led to a, led to a fairly quick tackle. Uh, that was positive too. I I I don't know that I'm quite there yet in terms of earning playoff snaps. I think he might not play because the Ravens, all four of them, are playing pretty well. And uh, I I just Pierre Paul in particular is has really provided a lot against the run. And so the question is, what, what, which one of the Ravens' designated pass rushers are we going to sit down for a job? Uh,
1: well, who who sat down this week for them?
4: Nobody. They, they had five.
1: Okay, so it's the same team. It's the same offense. They'll be running a lot. So if well, is that a question if nobody had to this last week?
4: It, it, well, can- you know, it'd be, it'd be because they'll have some cornerbacks back that they really want to get back, and they don't want to go as thin at corner as they did this last time. So, I imagine that you know Stevens will be back, and uh who am I forgetting uh Peters potentially peters, yeah, and and so if they're both back
1: presumably yeah but then, then he, Wor,
4: Worley he, will sit thanks.
1: Worley and and Pepe Williams,
4: I think you're then too thin at corner, I think the Ravens are too thin at corner in this game because they they only had four guys active, so I think that they would yeah. want five, yeah, I just i I you know a fifth corner or a jabo i I think. Probably a that loses out. Uh, uh, we, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I, I, I thought he. I was happy with that play. It was great to see him an extended thing. I think it, it gives him something to fail forward with into twenty twenty three. Get get used to the speed of the NFL game. You know, learn a few things about what he needs to learn for this off season. I think there's some positive things. Great to get his first career sack. Just wonderful to see that. Great to see him be tenacious about going after the football. Your go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsback app and use the code FILM. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsback with the code FILM. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21+. Physically present in Maryland, bonus bonus issued as free bets One free bet issued based on amount of initial losing NFL bet up to $10. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash MD for full terms and conditions. Uh, Good to see the run defense return to form in this game after not being in form against the Steelers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, they didn't run a whole lot. Um, Let's see here. They had, you know, so 55 yards total on, on the ground. 20
4: on 20 runs. So two point on 2. 20 8. runs.
1: Yeah. 2.8, 2.8 per per play. So that's a great average right there. Uh, yeah. And like you, you need to shut at least that down because if that starts to leak and you have this passing offense. So so that was nice. I think that you know, Clayus Campbell being back is no coincidence that it that it helped. Um, and I'm sure they were upset with themselves a little bit too, with how things went down. Um, I thought I thought one person that I was st- stuck out to me in the run game was actually Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which, you know, when when Mixon would go out to the right, him and Roquan Smith. Oh my gosh. Yeah, a great I mean, game. Well, I'll talk about him in just a minute, but uh, but yeah, they they bounce back for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, that's a good sign. You want to keep at least the Bengals to be one dimensional. They're great in that one dimension, but to let allow them to be two dimensional would be a nightmare.
4: Yeah, I thought Hamilton had an outstanding game. I thought Roquan did too, in terms of of uh, well, what one Hamilton's been in, in my uh, star treatment like every week. Uh, Campbell, Campbell too. I mean, it just I had to take a week off, but he, but he certainly had one of his one of his really fine games. Uh, got beaten in coverage once, but he's been a good downhill tackler. Roquan, four different drive-ending plays in one football game. Four. I mean, and they're all, they're all tackles. It wasn't like he had any PDs. They're all like, you know, they made a short pass and he came downhill and took the guy down uh, and a couple runs in there too, but, uh, but uh, very effective play from both of them. And isn't it nice to have some good tacklers back in the Ravens secondary?
1: Yeah, there was one tackle that I thought that, that Marlon Humphrey had missed. It was on uh, a check down, I think to Mixon. um, it wasn't egregious or anything, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and I felt like of, of some of those in the secondary, Worley was very physical, (laughs) very, very physical. Um, Marcus Williams on one, he blew up a, a, he he diagnosed a run and blew it up for negative two. He was very physical in the, in the, in the backfield. So I just think the defense in general, and it was led by Roquan Smith. It was just the tone I had. I know a lot of people were miserable watching that game, but as soon as I saw the inactives, I just thought of the disaster girl meme where it's the little girl with the evil grin with the house on fire behind her. I was like, that's all you want to do. Like we're Ravens are clearly playing for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So let's just go in there. And with, while being clean, let's just beat these guys up as much as we can. And, and led by Roquan Smith filed by Hamilton. Whirly was out there. Williams, it was just hit after hit after hit. And it's like, you're going to remember me two weeks in a row.
4: Yeah. The, the guy who is most able to deliver that punishment you're talking about right now is, is playing Ben Cleveland at right guard. I thought it was interesting. The TV had Cologne starting the game at right guard. Ben Cleveland, much bigger, much more physical, push people around player and finally getting a chance too. And in a lot of ways. You know, this has been a lost season to him uh, with with sitting out basically every game except for I think it was 14 snaps against Pittsburgh. So uh, really nice to see him in there again. And I have not scored the offensive line yet to, to know exactly how well he did in this game. Uh, but it's, but a, a physical presence like that is a, is a positive thing. And uh, I think going into the playoffs, and it'll really be a matter of, of how well he played in this game. He might be a guy who gets activations over a player like Cologne. So it'd be a real question for the Ravens as to whether they want to rely on McCarry to be their only backup at center and at tackle.
1: McCarry, okay, yeah, yeah. So, I haven't thought too much on the offensive side. My 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 mind's over here, but uh, uh, you know, I've I've generally been very happy with with the offensive line, and I feel like even the backups, the depth has been has been good between yeah. Cologne and McCarry and Cleveland.
4: Yeah, and and Falelei has not really played very well, so he wouldn't be a first option at tackle. Uh, if if they had to, uh, even if Moses was the one who went down, I don't think. He, I think they'd still want McCarry at right tackle and they have so far in the very limited number of times that's, that's been needed. Let's get back to Worley for a minute, because he's a guy, they, they not only did, you know, he have an up and down game with some good plays and certainly some bad ones. They picked on him relentlessly. I mean, Burrow just wanted to throw every ball right at him. It seemed like, uh, threw over him, threw into his zone, you know, did not really throw at Humphrey, uh, they were certainly, you know, Burrow was very, very careful with the football in this game. I think we can, we can say I, uh, the one fumble aside. I mean, he didn't, he didn't throw anything that was really close to an interception.
1: I was actually, cause I know that we do, you know, the top three kind of star sheet treatment mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to put Daryl Worley in there, but I wanted to make him an honorable mention. Uh, as you said, he was very up and down, but I think. I think a lot of this has to do with expectations, right? Like you just don't, I expected him to be worse. I expected Mm -hmm. him to be worse to be almost this career long practice squad um, football player who's now coming off of IR, has been there for four weeks. And then he's thrown in and he has to take on Jamar Chase one-on-one several times. He's got to take on T. Higgins. And so um, I just love the energy he came with. He, I put him, the energy he came with was just like, this is my shot. I don't know if I'm going to get it again, so I'm going all out. And so, you know, he did give up that touchdown to, to Jamar Chase when it was one-on-one, but I dare any guy, Worley or anybody else to beat, you know, to take on Jamar Chase one-on-one um and and not give up a touchdown. The other one we talked about, um you think that was more on Chase and not as much about Worley, but he had that oh, that one deep pass to Jamar Chase Yep. And Worley came out of makeup nowhere. Makeup speed. Yep. Yeah, the makeup speed. And then he dove and knocked that down. The hit on T. Higgins we talked about. Um, the, uh, what else do you have? Uh, he had, oh, there was a weird one. That was the one where where it was on Boyd. I think you said that he dropped it. But I don't know if that was world zone coverage because Hamilton after the set comes straight over to who Worley had. And so Worley had to go and, and get Boyd. And then he came in, he had, you know, a hand on the ball. Um, I just, I just was pleasantly surprised to the point, to the point that if I had to choose, you know, obviously if if Stevens, if, if, (laughs) yeah, if, if Stevens and Peters are healthy, they're obviously in next week and, and, and Humphrey, but I would put in Worley above Pepe. Based off of the way Worley came in last week against the Bengals,
4: so i i i don't think I don't think that would be terrible um, because they have Humphrey who can move to the slot, but I think they, they want a second slot corner, uh, and Pepe is the guy just in case we see the Bengals go to a lot of ten personnel. That's something the Steelers did to mm. dink and dunk for a game to beat them in 2020. Uh, was was force the Ravens or play 01 and ten personnel, which put four receivers on the field and forced them to put it was Terrell Bonds was the cornerback the Ravens had to put on the field. So when you have to dig that deep, obviously he likes picking on Worley, he'd love picking on Pepe every every snap in the slot if he could too, but I think that might be the Ravens' best option. But that said, I you know, I'm not sure sure if Worley or Stevens is the is the better player right now. Uh, Worley is not an unestablished NFL player. He's got 55 yeah, he's been career around. starts. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's uh I think it's I I think I, if if I were you know saying and I understand what you're saying about Ajabo if I had to pick one of those who earn more playing time in the playoffs, I think it's probably Worley. because Just because Ajabo's behind a complete logjam of good players, and Worley is not, <laughs> to put it quite mildly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's another place to to grab a spot from on offense or something like that. I'd have to think deep to it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, w- I would like to see both of them out there, but there's a limit. There is a limit, and it's the harsh reality.
4: Let me keep going here a little bit. I'm just going to th- throw off a few stats. And By the way, everything the Ravens had package-wise pretty much worked. The standard nickel they played the most, 3.6 yards per play. They played base six times, eight total yards for the Bengals on those. They played jumbo four times, seven total yards for the Bengals on that. So they are very effective with a broad mix of defense. They only had a couple of jumbo nickel they did not play well and the rush nickel that got beat a couple of times with pass plays other than that they were they were very effective uh, they played their first dime in a couple of games uh in this one so that was kind of nice to see but the the main problem for the ravens offense for the ravens defensively here in this game if they had one was that they, they really couldn't generate enough high variance plays to get off the field and so they didn't have bengal's penalties that they that they had. the bengal's were were careful didn't commit offensive penalties the bengal's didn't commit turnovers with the exception of the one that was huge and Led to a field goal, of course, because we got the ball at the 10 yard line, right? And then they had the, they, uh, uh, they did have some negative plays, some short negative plays. Um, other than the turnover on the sack, they had one other sack, which, which is a potential drive ender. But trying to get Burrow to end a drive with a lot of consecutive incompletions, very difficult, very difficult to do.
1: Yeah. I feel like, and, you know, sometimes you just got to give the other team credit, but I feel like, more of those high-variance plays could have come had they finished when they made it to the backfield. Yeah. The one with, with Odafe Owe, um, that, was just, that was just awkward. I think he wasn't expecting Burrow to quickly turn around and come to him, and then he almost tripped him with his foot. And then he gets back up and kind of misses it again. Uh, Tyus Bowser missed. I think Calais Campbell missed. Kyle Hamilton missed on his blitz. On his and it's like if they could finish those when they make it to the backfield... And I mean, he's he's slippery, but he's not Lamar Jackson, right? No. And so it's like, <laughs> finish, finish these, and and then you're starting to get more of those plays that you that they need to get negative yardage or to force more, more of those punts or turnovers. Yeah,
4: got got to get the Bengals off schedule, and if they can pass for six, pass for eight, pass for four, even it's too easy to, get yep. to stay on schedule for somebody like Burrow. Uh, but I agree, Burrow's slipperiness was was unexpected. Let's come back to part two. We'll talk about the pass rush and individual play discussion. Hope people will, will log on to that. But first of all, Sarah, tell folks where they can talk about football with you online.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I have a uh, podcast uh, called uh, The Ravens Vaults. It's on uh, everywhere you get your podcasts. We also post them on YouTube. And uh, I'm also on Twitter at S.G. Ellison.
4: All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to do a film study short, we're coming up in the off season. Hit me up with your idea. DMs are open on Twitter. Love to hear from you. I always get back to people very quickly about that. Uh, usually about three bullet points is all I'm looking for for your idea of, of, uh, of what you'd like to talk about. Be passionate. You don't have to be all that analytic. Sarah, thanks again for joining
1: us. Yeah, glad to be here.
4: And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study.